Well, good morning. Uh, happy Resurrection Sunday to you. So delighted to have you join in with us at Great Hills Baptist Church. My name is Danny Forshee, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Great Hills. I'm also the president of the Danny Forshee Evangelistic Association. And again, welcome from all over the greater Austin area. And we also have people tuning us in from different parts of the United States and even really all over the world. So we welcome you today as we celebrate uh, our risen Lord. Uh, many of you are watching us through Facebook and YouTube, and we would love for you, especially on Facebook, to click the share button and let other people know uh, that you are worshiping the Lord at Great Hills, and maybe they'll join in with you, and we'll just have more and more people uh, join with us today. We're so delighted uh, to be able to have this broadcast. You know, this is a very strange time in the life of our world as we are walking through this pandemic. First time I have ever preached uh, on a Sunday in this format where there are people not in the room, but praise God for the technology that we have. And so we are so blessed to be able to share this message with you from the Gospel of John. That is my text, John chapter 11. In a moment, we'll read these verses 25 through 27. But before we do, let me just share with you what's going on. 150 plus churches in the central Texas area are doing what we're doing today. And that is uh, starting a brand new series called What's After ATX? What's After Austin, Texas? Maybe you've seen the billboards or you've heard the advertisements about this new series, this new study that many pastors are gonna be leading their churches. Many are in small groups. Many are preaching on this like I am today. And here's the premise of it. We're looking at what happens after we die. What happens to uh, humanity, man or woman, boy or girl? What happens when we leave this life? Is there even an afterlife? And so that's what we're gonna be talking about. We're also <clears throat> including talking about the NDEs. Maybe you've heard that acronym. It stands for near-death experiences. And so that's, that's what we're gonna look at. And we're kicking it off today on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And so we are so excited to have you with us. Before we get into the heart of the message today, the text of John chapter 11, I have a couple of introductory thoughts that I wanna share with you by way of a preface as we just prepare our minds and start to get our minds around this whole concept of life after death. The first thing I wanna share with you is this. I really believe that this series is going to be a, a, a message of hope and encouragement for the child of God. And so I'm excited to bring you hope and encouragement. Those of you who believe in Christ and know him as your Lord and Savior, who would have ever thought two years ago when the pastors of the Christ Together Greater Austin, of which I'm one of those pastors on the board of directors, and we began to plan and to pray. And so two years ago, we talked about launching this study on life after death. Who knew but God? God knew that we would be in this pandemic, this global crisis where death is really on the minds and the hearts of many. So I believe it's going to offer a lot of hope and a lot of encouragement. Number two, I, we really believe many people are going to be reached for Christ as a result of us looking at what the Bible has to say about life and, or death and the afterlife. Number three, scripture is authoritative. And that's something I really wanna stress with you today as you're listening to us today, that Every, everybody has beliefs, everybody has experiences. 
And what we believe at Great Hills is we judge those experiences and those beliefs by the authoritative uh, word of God. And so to me, scripture is preeminent. For example, if somebody has an experience or they have a thought or belief that is in contradiction to the Bible, then we always go with the Bible because we believe this to be God's authoritative, inerrant, spoken word. His word spoken to men as they wrote it down and given it to us as this gift. Number four, death is not to be feared uh, for the child of God. God has given us clear teaching in his word and wonderful promises that assure us that heaven is real, that there is this life, yes, there is death, and then there is the afterlife. And for the child of God, there is heaven. In fact, Jesus said it like this, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me, listen to this now, has, well, shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. And that is straight from the lips of our Lord. So death is not to be feared. Number five, the time to decide for Christ is now, not when you die. I want to say that again. The time to decide for Christ, where you will spend your afterlife, whether it's in heaven or hell, you have that choice. And when you decide for Jesus Christ, oh, what a blessed, glorious day that is when you receive him as your Lord and Savior. So those are just five introductory comments I wanted to make as we launch into this brand new series. And especially as we look at the word of God, what the Bible has to say about heaven, hell, life, afterlife. We're going to look at some of these near-death experiences. It's going to be a fascinating study, and I'm just so glad that you've joined us today at Great Hills Baptist Church. Many of you are listening on Spirit 105.9. Hey, we're thrilled, delighted to be one of the churches that is broadcasting to you. So come on in, join with us, and John chapter 11 is our text. I want to read verses 25 through 27. Jesus said to her, to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she, Martha, said to Jesus, yes, Lord. Mm, that is a great affirmation. That is a great way to state it. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. This is a famous passage of scripture, John chapter 11. Let me give you a little context uh, to the text. Jesus in John chapter 11, verse two, people come to him and say, uh, your friend Lazarus is very sick. He's sick unto death. Please come and help. And so Jesus, he heard them, but he waited he waited a couple of days to respond to that crisis. And so actually by the time he gets to Lazarus, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And Mary and Martha, they, are, they were his sisters. But here's the thing. They lived in a little town called Bethany. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived together. And that's where Jesus would often go. In fact, in the week of his passion, this week that we just celebrated the Passion Week of Christ, I think it's like three nights he stayed there in Bethany in this home. So he knows this family very well. Mary, Martha, and Martha and Lazarus, and Lazarus is sick unto death, and he dies. Jesus delays his coming. He's been dead now for four days. 
And so they come together and Jesus and Martha have this conversation. And the conversation is just what I read to you a moment ago. And it has all to do with what we're talking about in this series. We're talking about life. We're talking about death. And we're talking about what happens after a person dies. What do you believe about this? You know, all of us have beliefs. I've listed here a few things and I'm probably going to land on one of the things you actually believe about the afterlife. For example, you may not believe there's an afterlife at all. You may believe that we are dust, we go back to dust, that is it. Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die, and that is it. You don't believe in the soul, the spirit, the afterlife, the heaven, the hell. You don't believe in any of that, and that is your prerogative. And so I respect that, by the way. I absolutely, totally disagree with that position, but that's what you believe. Other people believe that our souls will just merely sleep and then at an, a later time, it will be raised back to life. And so that is called soul sleep. Other people believe in what is called annihilation, that once a person dies, they, they're just uh, annihilated. And so uh, those that didn't believe in Christ or have eternal life with God in heaven, then they just, they just are annihilated. Other people believe in reincarnation. Reincarnation says, well, you're just going around on the circle of life. You come back. You may come back as an animal, maybe a plant, maybe come back as another human being. Other people believe in universalism, which says everybody goes to heaven. If there is a heaven, then when you die, then hallelujah, everybody just goes there. And then finally, there is the biblical view, which says man lives, man dies, appear before God, and we go either to heaven or to hell. Now, those are the biblical, that's the biblical teaching. You say, well, wow, I don't, I don't really know about that. Did you know that all three of the major world religions teach in a heaven and a hell? Yep, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. But here's the thing about Christianity that makes it different from all the others. Jesus says, he is the way. He is the resurrection. He is the life. No man goes to heaven except they come through Christ. And that's what I believe. You know why I believe that? Because that's what the Bible says. And I believe that with much compassion and urgency and fervor and mercy and grace. It's the truth. And that's why I'm sharing with this message with you today that Jesus, when he said, I am the resurrection and I am the life, he did not stutter. And so let's look at this text a little bit more. And as we look at it, I, I, as I just kind of study it with you, I want you to keep thinking in your mind and in your heart, this whole concept of life and death and what happens. The apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, 19, which is a great resurrection chapter. He says in this life only, if we have hope in Christ, we are of all men, the most pitiable. So we do have hope. We have a concrete bedrock hope and confidence that once this life is over, we have a relationship with God through Christ. We leave this body and we move right into the very presence of God. You know, as we study these near-death experiences, they're very, very fascinating, I must admit. One out, I think it's every 25 Americans have claimed to have an NDE, a near-death experience. That's millions of people, by the way. And then it's even millions more when you look at it globally. And so many people have claimed to have these experiences. And as I have studied this and, and read about it pretty, pretty seriously, 
is that many of them have experiences that sound a lot like what the Bible teaches about heaven and about, about hell. And so I'm, uh, we, we ha- you have opportunity to check these out. You can go to the website of What's After ATX. You can go to uh, the Christ Together Greater Austin. There are many of those. In fact, I had planned, I had one to show you at this time, but for the sake of time, I'm just gonna go to the text, to the word of God, and I'm gonna preach this text. But here's, here it is again. As you watch these near-death experiences, please keep this in mind that as you analyze it and evaluate it, see how it lines up with the word of God. Again, many of them, many of them that I've watched and listened to, many of them sound a lot like what the Bible talks about in heaven. I like what John Burke says about this. And John Burke is the author of Imagine Heaven, great book. I read it a couple years ago in preparation for this study. And he says, one thing I point out in the book is that everybody who has a near-death experience, they get a glimpse, a peek in the foyer. They are all hit, they all hit a barrier that they cannot cross. He says, Scripture says in Hebrews 9, 27, 28, each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment. So also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of the people. And of course, John is quoting uh, Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. He says, it's important to realize that near-death experience, they, they aren't dead yet, not fully, they've come back. So we should not overgeneralize from a peak into the afterlife and declare what happens when you fully cross the barrier. But one thing seems clear to those getting a peak. You're still you and people who passed on are still themselves and it's meant to be a great reunion, a reunion like no other, end of quote. So I think that's helpful And again, as you study this, I encourage you to study it with an open mind and be blessed by it, by the experience. But most of all, see what the Bible says and and analyze what scripture clearly teaches about life and death uh, and the afterlife. I have a lot of material here. (laughs) Obviously, I don't have time to even show that video. I don't have time to go through everything that I've researched and studied. In fact, I have all 10 of the resurrections from the dead uh, in the Bible, in my notes. I got them documented and I had time, I'd share it with you, but there are 10 of these. Lazarus is one of 10 people in the Bible who died and came back to life and then they died again, except one, and that's Jesus. He died, he came back to life, never to die again. And he is the Christ, amen, the son of the living God. So here's our message today. In John chapter 11, I wanna begin with a word that I've called proclamation. Verses 25 and 26, Jesus makes some powerful words that he proclaims. For example, he says, I am the resurrection, I am the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. So what is Jesus saying here? I think what he's saying is, Martha, have no fear, don't worry. I have the power in me. I am resurrection, I am life. And Jesus, by raising Lazarus from the dead, he validates, substantiates this this religious spiritual claim. You know, anybody can claim anything. But when you back it up with evidence, hardcore concrete evidence, and then you're telling the truth. And Jesus says, Martha, I am he, I'm the resurrection. I am the life. 
And he who believes in me, though he may die, and we will die. All of us will die physically. We will die on this earth unless Jesus comes again. And if he comes during our lifetime, we don't taste death. We go up into the presence of God as followers of Christ. And then he proclaims, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And I think Jesus is alluding to the fact there that we will not die spiritually. And the key though is living and believing in him. About us, let's say Jesus comes again before we die on this planet. You ever thought about that? I've actually had dreams about it. I've had two distinct dreams that in my lifetime, Jesus Christ comes again. Now, will that happen? I don't know. I hope so. But this much I do know, if he comes, I'm ready. I'm ready to meet him uh, in the air. And Paul says it like this, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. I love that proclamation that Jesus is resurrection. He is life. And when we have a relationship with him, please get this. When you know him, you don't have anything to worry about. If he comes in your lifetime, you're with him. If you die on this earth before he comes, you will go and be with him. But the key again is Jesus says, it's the person who not only believes this, but lives this. Did you see that? That's very important. He who believes in me, Martha, and lives in me will never die, will never die spiritually. We'll we'll die, yes, physically on this earth, but we will live forever with him in heaven. And the key though is to not only to believe it, but to live it. Many of you listening today, you believe. You, you, You know for a fact that Jesus is who he says he is. There's just way too much evidence to doubt it. You believe it, but do you live it? And the person who lives it is the person who genuinely believes it. For example, I can tell you that I play baseball for the Texas Rangers. In my mind, I'm a starting center fielder for the Texas Rangers baseball team. And then you may question me and say, well, do you go to the practices? I say, no. Are you going to spring training? Maybe there will be a spring training. And I'll say, well, no, not really. Are you going to play the baseball games? Uh, No. Well, do you make millions of dollars as a baseball player? No. Well, guess what? I don't really play for the Texas Rangers. I may have thought I did, but I don't. Here's the thing. It's the evidence. Jesus says it's the person who believes. It's also the person who actually lives it. And so that behavior is always commensurate with what you really believe. So that's proclamation. I am resurrection. Jesus says, I am the life. Number two is the question. And Jesus asked her this. He he said, Martha, do you really believe this? And that is a pointed question. I ask you the same thing. Do you really believe that Jesus is resurrection? He is life. Do you believe that what he said in John 14, six is truth when he said, powerful. Many people are like, well, wow, did he really say that? Yes. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Do you believe that? Next, I would ask you Acts 4, 10 through 12, where Peter is preaching, powerfully preaching this message in Jerusalem after the bodily resurrection of Christ from the dead, his ascension back to heaven. 
he preaches this awesome message. And in verse 12, it says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Do you believe that? Do you? Well, let me ask you another question. Is your behavior commensurate or does it match your belief? This is serious business. Life and death and the afterlife is very serious. I can't think of anything more serious than where you will spend an eternity. You got two options. You got heaven and hell. You say, I don't like that. That's too exclusive. Well, I don't get a vote on that. If we really believe the Bible, that's what the Bible says. And here's God's plea to you today is don't go to hell, go to heaven. Receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Believe in him, live for him. And as you do, you have this confidence and this joy and this hope so that ask you the question, do you believe it? You say, yes, I believe. And that's what Martha said. She answered that question with a declaration. And here it is. I love this in verse 27 and we'll wrap it up with verse 27 when it says, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is to come into the world. She refers to Jesus as Lord Christ, Son of God. Wow, what a powerful, awesome profession and confession and declaration. So the key is to believe Christ, to receive Christ, to turn from sin, embrace Him, and live for Him on this earth. And then when you die, live with Him forever in heaven. You know, the near-death experiences, they, uh, they're, they're very fascinating. And again, I would encourage you to read those, watch those if the Lord gives you a piece to do so, but always uh, judge those by what the Bible has to say. But I also believe that people's testimonies, they are so powerful too. And I, I'll close with a powerful testimony of a gentleman. I've only met him one time, met him at a gym. And he's a very large man. I'm telling you, he's about 6'5", 220, 230 pounds. And so we were at a pastor's conference and we both were in the gym working out and we were talking about life and church. And his name is Robbie Gallaty. And Robbie Gallaty has quite an interesting story. In fact, just a few years ago for Easter services, this is what their church did. They had a big billboard in Hendersonville, Tennessee, which said, Robbie Gallaty isn't who you think he is. Ooh, they were like, whoa, is this some kind of smear campaign? Oh, wow, what's, what's, what is this? He hadn't been at that church very long as the pastor. And they said, he is not who you think he is. And so what they were doing was say, come Easter and we'll really reveal who this guy is. <laughs> the church runs about 7,000 on a Sunday morning. That Sunday, Easter, People love a controversy, right? They had 14,000 people. Robbie Gallaty, that pastor is not who you think he is. And so they come, they gather, and he goes, that's right, because many of y'all don't know this, but, and he began to share his story. He was training for the ultimate fighting championship, the MMA fights. He was um, hooked on drugs and alcohol. Of course, all of this happened before he met Christ. And what he was saying was, that was my life. Yet you may not have known that about me, 
but that was my life before Jesus Christ radically changed my life. And he said his testimony goes like this. He went to a college in Mississippi and he actually said he heard the gospel. He heard someone share the gospel. He was raised a Catholic. He said, I knew a lot about Jesus, but I didn't really know Jesus. He said, I thought Jesus was like the fairy tooth and Santa Claus, mythical figures, whatever. He said, I didn't really believe. In 1999, uh, he had a terrible car accident. And in that accident, <laughs> he came out of it, he lived, but he said he, he was in so much pain, he began to take pharmaceutical drugs, got hooked on those drugs. And then for three years, he, was, he became uh, a dealer. He became just absorbed in that life and drugs. And he was simultaneously training for these MMA fights. I mean, he was a bartender. He was a rough dude, I'm telling you. But he said he remembered seven years before that somebody in college had shared the gospel with him. After his second rehab, he said he finally realized his only hope is Jesus Christ. And so Robbie Gallaty, all six foot five of him, gives his life to Christ. He goes to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And while he's in seminary, he goes, man, I've only been a Christian a year and they let me in. And so a guy by the name of David Platt, and many of you know him, David Platt, who great preacher, great pastor and author. He took Robbie Gallaty under his wings and he began to disciple him and to share how he could grow in Christ. And so what a great story. I love stories like that, how God takes us and God can radically save and change any life. How about you? How are you doing on this resurrection morning? What a blessing it is to speak to you. And I invite you right now, right here, to give your life to Christ. He loves you. In fact, as I read this text in John 11, two different places, it talks about how Jesus loved Lazarus. In fact, the Jews said, oh, how he loved him. He loves you. He loves you so much that he died for your sins and arose from the dead, validating every claim he ever made about deity, substantiating truly who he is. He is the Christ, the son of God. And if you believe today and trust in him, turn from your sins, put your faith in Christ, you are born again. You become a child of God and you have the assurance of heaven as your eternal home. So I'm gonna pray with you and I invite you to pray with me. Even now, as I lead you in this prayer to surrender your life to Christ, would you pray with me? And I'll just pray out loud and you're welcome to pray in your heart quietly, silently. Or if you're in your house or in your bedroom, living room, kitchen, you may just wanna pray out loud. Dear God in heaven, thank you for loving me. I know I've sinned against you. Please forgive me. I surrender my life to you. Not only do I believe in you, but I desire to live for you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Amen. God bless you. You prayed that prayer with me and you meant it. Welcome to the family of God. Woo, that's awesome. We wanna encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. That's why Great Hills Baptist Church exists. We exist for people like you who receive Christ and want to grow and mature in their walk with God. Great Hills Baptist Church, let me just say to you, hallelujah, what a great church you are. We love you. I love being your pastor, love serving here in this great city of Austin, Texas with my other brothers in the ministry and the Christ Together Greater Austin. And 
I just want to tell you, Great Hills, I love you. Thank you. Continue to be so faithful to God. And even though you can't come physically to this sanctuary where I am right now preaching, you continue to serve. You continue to give your tithes and your offerings. And we thank you. In fact, our church is able to go out. We're feeding people in the, that are in the, uh, the, uh, the healthcare industry, a couple of hospitals here in the city. We've reached out to them and we're going to feed them. Great Hills Baptist Church is feeding the doctors and the nurses because you give. And, and that's how we are able to do things like that. So thank you so much. Just know that we love you and we look forward to seeing you hopefully sooner than later.